1: Join us for honest conversations about
0: what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And
1: this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. We love making this podcast. It's our favorite thing we do each week. We've received so many heartwarming messages from you about how our episodes are impacting you and many of you are asking what you can do to support the show. Please tell your friends about us, share on Instagram or Facebook, let them know what you're learning. But the very best way to help is to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head on over to soulful.mba slash iTunes to leave a rating and review. It only takes a moment. The more reviews we receive, the easier it will be for others to discover the podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. We look forward to seeing what you build online. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA podcast, episode 71. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hello, Jenny. Hello, everybody. It's been so long since it's just been you and I. I know. I'm i'm so glad okay so this is episode 71 and the topic today is expertise expert (laughs) okay so we're going to talk about this because we have changed the entire way we've started thinking about our company and ourselves And it has a lot to do with the word expertise. And it's been a tricky word to convey and to get feedback on. And part of that, I think, is very political and internalized. And we want to peel the layers apart about why that word is concerning to some people and why other people are really excited to jump on the bandwagon.
0: Yeah, as you said, we wrote our tagline and we used the word expertise and expert. And then it was like we kind of asked ourselves the question, do people think of themselves as an expert, is that something that you would identify when you read that? And that's where this conversation came from.
1: Yes, and not too surprisingly, a lot of people, particularly women, are uncomfortable with expert status or identifying themselves as experts or acknowledging that they have expertise. So we just want to talk a little bit about it. No right or wrong, but we want to peel apart maybe why folks have those kinds of feelings. What is going on in our culture that causes someone to feel like maybe they can't call themselves an expert? And you know, what we see as problematic about all of that and why we're sticking to our guns here with our new tagline. Yes, we didn't change it. So our tagline, just so all of you know, is leverage your expertise into a profitable online business. And we spent a lot of time playing around with this. And I know it's just a tagline, but it actually defines and directs every single thing we do in our company on a daily basis. And so for us, it's really important. And I think it also directly, begins a conversation with our clients and our prospective clients about what they're doing on our platform or in our course or working with us in a consulting capacity. And so we really want to make sure that the tagline is something that is not going to offend someone or is not going to create problems. And I think we're good, but we wanna, again, peel it apart here.
0: Yeah, so you found a really great article in the New York Times that you
1: love. I do love this article. I found this back in early February, right when we were kind of in the midst of making these changes. And it's an article called If Only Quoting Women Were Enough. And it's really about the role that journalists play in deciding who to quote for articles. But I think it has really deeper meaning associated with it. And I just need to read a tiny passage from this article to give all of you context. Here it goes. But the truth we are reminded every time we try to quote female experts is that the gender balance of our articles is only the final step in a process of gender discrimination that begins long before we pick up a phone to begin reporting. We've learned to see our role as journalists as important, but also as just the most visible component of the vast social machinery that equates expertise with maleness. There it is. And I would also
0: add and ego. So I think that That is my reaction to calling myself an expert, is it just feels so full of ego. And I don't want to be perceived as egotistical. Jennifer Armbrust puts ego in the realm of the masculine economy. And so there's just, it's just full of
1: ickiness, right? I think that is how most Mm -hmm. people feel about it. Well, maybe, but I mean, what's really interesting about this article is that, This is a couple of journalists writing this piece. And they're talking about how there's this push in their newsroom, and I think in many newsrooms around the world, to start quoting more female experts in their articles. And the problem is is obviously that there's a societal bias and they start to piece apart why this is true. So for example, if you're a reporter, I don't know, I'm not a reporter, but let's just say I were a reporter, I would want to have an unbiased view towards what I was reporting. And so I would look for the number of citations that someone had been quoted in academic journal articles for a particular subject. But the problem is, is that in academia, men are much more likely to be published than women. And that's systemic bias there. It's like following the bioaccumulation of a trail of information. You start to see the problem there. Another place where journalists go for expertise is Twitter. And this was really interesting to me because I also feel a little uncomfortable on Twitter all the time. And I know some women use it, but I also feel like Twitter is kind of dominated by a male voice. And um, they say Twitter is a really valuable tool for connecting with experts and finding information but women often face higher costs for using Twitter in the form of sexual harassment. And women actually get threatened sexually on Twitter um, for speaking freely about what they believe in or their research. And so you just can start to see in our culture and in our society, all of the places where quote unquote expertise starts to manifest publicly, how women are systematically shut out or shutting themselves out of those places. I think, Sandy, your opinion that expertise equates to ego is probably related to all of this, right? Because you're looking at these people that are considered experts. So you're seeing who they are and where they're cited or quoted or given expert status. And I think it's easy to start to feel intimidated by that. And also like, well, no one like me is ever in these places or is ever cited in this way, or this would be very uncomfortable for X, Y, and Z reason for me to consider myself at the caliber of that person.
0: Yes, it's interesting the way that you phrase that, because I wouldn't shrink away if someone called me an expert. Ah,
1: interesting.
0: If I was introduced on stage, if someone said, Sandy is the expert of all things, I would step into that and embrace it and it'd be fine. But I am not comfortable calling myself an expert, even though I think I am, even though internally I think I am. It's just voicing it publicly that I would feel kind of weird about I don't equate myself with those men that you just described. It's more internally, I am, but I'm not going to be shouting it and claiming it and self-declaring myself an
1: expert. That's so interesting to me. I mean, I don't feel like this. And so for me, the pushback that we've gotten on this word, like I think you can relate to it better than I can. Seth Godin wrote a book called Everyone is an Expert. Everyone has some sort of unique genius or expertise that they're like divinely suited to put out into the world or some number of of levels of expertise in different things or topics. I also try to think about what we do by shrinking away from calling ourselves. Like like why Mm -hmm. are you okay with someone else calling you an expert at something and not calling yourself? Like what is that about? What's going on? Because it appears to be like I'm
0: super full of myself and I have a big giant ego and that's not how I wanna be perceived. Right or wrong, I don't like that part of me but that's how I feel when I think about that word. I think the context of using the word is important. So, for example, if I met someone on a coffee date and was, you know, we were just getting to know each other, I would never voice out loud and say, "Yeah, I'm Sandy. I'm an expert at online courses." But if I was, you know, perhaps writing my LinkedIn profile, I'd use that word. You know, I'd think about it and sort of carefully place it. But there's something about using it in voice versus in writing. Hmm,
1: fascinating. Would you
0: say it? Would you say, "Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm an expert at" Blah, blah, blah.
1: I mean, I don't use that word casually. I don't introduce myself as anything other than my (laughs) name. right? But I would write it. Yeah. I feel like in certain areas, I am. And in other areas, I'm not. And I think expertise is completely relative, right? And so for me, in my younger days, like my last life, I was traveling around the world speaking on stages to hundreds and even thousands of people about climate change. And I sure as hell considered myself Mm -hmm. an expert at that. When I was standing in front of a classroom teaching in a law school or teaching in a graduate program and I was younger or the same age as my peers, I sure as hell had to think of myself as an expert in order to take my work seriously. Like You can't stand up in front of people and teach them something if you don't internalize your expert status. Mm -hmm. To me, like you'll be a really bad teacher. And so if you've ever been a leader or a teacher or someone who is sharing knowledge and imparting information on other people. I don't know how you couldn't identify that. And maybe you're not like the world's leading expert in XYZ. Okay, sure. This is like why I, I'm so troubled by academia actually, because this term expert gets a lot of people in the world who are really smart to tunnel down into the minutia of a certain topic area to become the the world's expert on XYZ. And, it, and in a way, I think it makes them kind of irrelevant (laughs) this podcast is brought to you by the namastream software platform namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses memberships and live stream programs go from idea to open for business in just minutes you can learn more at namastream.com You can spend your life becoming like the world's leading expert on this one kind of dinosaur. But if you're like generally one of the thousand people in the world who knows a lot about paleontology, like more than anyone else, like you should also, in my mind, consider yourself an expert because you're an expert more than you know the vast majority of the human population. And to me that's almost better than being like this very minutia driven world's leading expert on like one element or molecule <laughs> that not very many people care about. Right. Also the more you tunnel down to become the world's leading expert at XYZ, the less I think you're able to understand, relate to, and communicate your knowledge base. I started to go down that path (laughs) in my life. And it's really hard when you're so deep into a topic for so many years, it's hard to understand um, what other people don't know, like what isn't common knowledge. That's sort of down a rabbit hole, but also sort of not, because if the general public Sandy, are going to only respect or revere the people who are the one leading expert at one minute topic as considered to be experts, why aren't we valuing this more generalized knowledge, right? That's really valuable and important all of us who are not in
0: academia and just living our lives and and, and having a business or running a business, I think there can be many experts in any one given area. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind because there's many, many experts in one general topic. I think it's okay to use the word and I wish we would all use it more. I think it also comes with time like I don't believe if you start a new business or a new practice of some kind that you're an expert just because you've said it I think you have to put some time into it and earn some respect in your field before you are an expert and it's the same for me in my old life in my career of analyzing gait and doing custom orthotics and being a podorthist in Canada I absolutely was an expert because I had done it for so many years I had the respect of my peers because I was able to demonstrate skill at my craft. People were referring to me. I would get, the media would call me. And so I had testimonials and I was sort of proven over time to become an expert. And I was joking with you before we hit record that I wouldn't necessarily go, introducing myself as such, but I would say if I sat down with coffee for you, Jenny, and I was just meeting you, I'd say, you know what I'm an expert at is I am an expert shoe buyer because I can take you and walk you into a shoe store and say, yes, yes, no, 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 and get you the perfect shoes that fit your feet that are functional and super fashionable and cute. I have a rare skill at that. I'm an expert. and But because there's sort of humor around it, I can kind of joke about it, which I guess says something right there. But I really am an expert at that. I could make a living doing that.
1: You totally could. I mean, that's what like fashion consultants, (laughs) there's like these people that do this for a job, right? Like Sally talked about that in our interview with her. Every one of us, I think, or I hope has some sort of Or a number of skills and talent. You know, we can look to Malcolm Gladwell had that very popular book Outliers that came out a number of years ago about this ten thousand hour rule, where you know, generally speaking, if you devote ten thousand hours to a particular topic or area of focus, then you become an expert. I mean, that's a loose rule to follow, but I don't actually even believe in that because I think with technology moving fast, life moves at a pretty fast clip um, in the like technical space 10 years or 10,000 hours in your you know you're working on something that's now obsolete and so i think you can become an expert fast in certain areas like obviously like extreme athletic prowess and things like that take time and take like you know sort of god given genius built into your body but other areas like i when i started working in politics i somehow got put into this this work of of doing like surrogate work and so for those of you that don't know what that means is uh, when the vice president would be asked to appear at a rally or at a concert or at an event or something and he couldn't attend, we would book a surrogate, like a celebrity or a famous musician or a local leader or something in his place. And I was really good at that. And like it was probably three months into that job. I had that job when I was still a teenager. I was really good at dealing with celebrities and putting on really amazing events that were supporting our candidate. I built a reputation in politics really quickly from that and being this young, you know, firecracker at that work. I mean, I it was like literally three months in and I was like the go to person for that work. And so it, it didn't matter that I didn't have like 10,000 hours of booking celebrities at events, (laughs) you know, like it didn't matter. I was really, I was like naturally good at it. I took it on, I was creative. Part of it is I wanna tell our audience, if you're not currently identifying as an expert because maybe you're young or maybe you're brand new at what you're doing, but you are exhibiting a natural talent or gift and you really have a drive for it, don't let these arbitrary definitions of expertise hold you back because it's kind of ridiculous don't undermine your own ability to build a business and do the work you want in the world because somebody else's definition of expert tells you you're not if you see so many other people doing the work that you
0: want to do there is room for you there's absolute room for you and like i said we can have more than one expert in an area i think it's an interesting internal dialogue as people are listening to this i would love to know if they're nodding their heads going, yeah, I am an expert. I'm absolutely an expert. And I would love it if people were afraid to say that and that this conversation made them realize, yeah, you know what, I am.
1: Yeah, you are. I mean, I guarantee you, you are at something. And it's maybe not the thing you want to build a business around or a life around or a career around right now. But I think by allowing yourself to identify as an expert in something, it will pave the way cognitively for you to start to think of yourself as an expert in this newer field. And Sandy, you had put together a list of criteria that would help folks sift through their own expert status and I'm wondering if maybe it would help to go through that.
0: Yeah, I just jotted down some points and did a little Google search to see what other people were saying and this was my list that I came up with. Expert status could be defined in this way that you have more knowledge than most people in the area, that you have certain credentials. I don't think that's a must have, but in some area, you may credentials may uh, make a difference. You have some kind of track record. You've demonstrated that you can excel at this skill or this at this market. That you've got some testimonials that people are singing your praises, which I think equates to having time in the business and being really good at what you're doing. And that if people are referring to you, if they are talking about you, if they're coming to you for advice or questions, or I'm not sure about this case, and how would I do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think those are great. And I I think, again, it's also internally owning the status.
0: Yeah, I think that's the biggest hurdle.
1: Yeah, because if you lack the confidence to call yourself an expert or to aspire to expertise, then I think it's going to be really hard for you to make a case publicly for other people to follow you as an expert for those of our listeners that are women. I would hate for the fact that you're uncomfortable with the term to be the reason why you don't get cited in the New York Times. Yeah. I would hate that to be the reason. And so because those citations, like being talked about in the press, is so important to grow in your reputation and your brand that I think the more we can start to speak about ourselves in this way and have this kind of confidence publicly, the better we are all going to do in our business lives. We're sticking with our damn tagline. And <laughs> I really hope it starts to encourage some of you who are uncomfortable with your expert status to start to embrace it. Yeah. Because you certainly are. Every day we have clients who are building online programs and selling them on our platform on Namastream. And I peek in at these programs. I peek in at the video content to QA test it because I still don't trust anyone else to do that and to make sure it's following the law. And it's really impressive, some of the stuff that I see. Like I learn a lot just clicking into a random video and starting to see what some of you are teaching, and creating, and building. And I hope that you start to identify and own the fact that you really have something to give and something to share that's unique and important and valuable, and that it is, in fact, a body of expertise.
0: Hear, hear, Jenny. I
1: love it. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. <laughs> All right, do you want to move into Joy and Hustle? Let's do it. So the joy is... We have a really big, fun event coming up this week.
0: Yes, we are hosting a free workshop and we are calling all experts out there. So if you are thinking, yeah, I am an expert, we would love for you to join us this coming Wednesday and Thursday for a workshop that we're hosting called Seven Ways to leverage your expertise to create a profitable business. We are gonna show you how you can take that expert, that knowledge, and turn into a digital product. So we're gonna show you all the different options that you have.
1: Exactly, and we're gonna get a little bit geeky about product design and how to take what you're doing in the real world and translate it for the internet. We actually have come up with an entire matrix of of all of the different permutations that you can do as an online teacher it's going to be really fun again for those of you who are listening you know the week of april 22nd 2018 this will be an opportunity for you to dive in live with us if you're listening to this podcast later the event will have passed but you can still engage in a lot of our content of course on our website
0: so you'll want to go to soulful.mba slash workshop to sign up so soulful.mba slash
1: workshop we'd love to see you in there Okay, and the hustle for today is this New York Times article that I would love for every one of you to read. It's called If Only Quoting Women Were Enough by Amanda Taub and Max Fisher. It came out on February 9th, 2018. And we will, of course, link to it in the show notes. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. All right, folks, we will see you on Wednesday for an Office Hours episode. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you struggling to find the time to
0: build your business? We are constantly asked how we do it all. Between running multiple software companies, serving on the boards of nonprofit organizations, raising children, and finding time for ourselves, we've had to develop specific habits and strategies to
1: fit it all in. Entrepreneurship has been the most empowering thing we've ever done, and we are determined to not let overwhelm and inefficiency prevent you from experiencing the same. Magic in your life,
0: learn the specific techniques we've used to build our businesses in our Make Room for Magic course. Learn how to simplify your life and
1: create space for your business for only $97. In just a few short hours, you'll be able to find the hidden pockets of time in your day that will allow you to make your dreams come true. You can learn more at Make Room for <laughs>